Welcome to the Star Wars Brothers Podcast. I'm Cliff Boyd, and I'm here with John Boyd. Welcome. And Drew Shepard. Ni hao. Happy Chinese New Year. Uh, yes, which is tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. You're celebrating it tomorrow, I know. So. At least we're celebrating it tomorrow. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And tell us why you're celebrating Chinese New Year, Drew. Because my wife is one quarter Chinese. So there you go. That oh. means I celebrate that now too. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't eat the crickets. No, no. <laughs> do y'all are y'all do y'all have crickets? We could, but we are not. Oh, okay. Have you I ever eaten a cricket? In some places. <laughs> Say what? You have eat, uh, I said, have you ever eaten a cricket? I've not actually, but I would be willing to. If it okay, were the, eat a cricket. Um, like the powdered ones, I'd be willing to try that. Powdered? They, they dry them and grind them up into a powder, and you, it's like a, a oh. meal, like a, like a flour meal almost. I don't know about that. And like a cricket I, I'd, I'd really eat a cricket. I, I would try that. Powdered cricket. <laughs> Uh, they uh, i've seen the ones where they cover them in chocolate but yeah i do okay i do something like that do something like that can you imagine getting a cricket leg stuck in your tooth <laughs> just imagine it's like nougat stuck <laughs> <laughs> oh man well you may not be having crickets but um, you're you're having cat aren't you didn't you say you were I making orange chicken? Without getting in trouble. Didn't you say you were making orange chicken? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm making cat, orange right? chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but orange chicken is code for cat, right? Not at my house. It's not. Not when I'm cooking it. <laughs> uh, Chicken's a whole lot easier to get in Sorrento than a, a wild cat. So, <laughs> true. You can say anything on this podcast you want, and I get in trouble. <laughs> Amy will never listen to this. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Especially this deep in. To listen. No, but this deep in, like there's the, the probability that she will ever hear this conversation is basically, you know, 0.00001. So, so, yeah. Even if she did start to listen, she might listen to a couple, but we would lose her. Yeah. I mean, we, we can't even keep Star Wars fans listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh john what's new so uh what's new since last time we uh we did podcast so been doing two weeks doing ago something uh, yeah two weeks ago so um actually found uh, a bunch of old power wheels on uh, on facebook marketplace uh so i got three 12 volt power wheels um, huh. that have just been sitting for for three years the guy told me none of them had batteries um and I have started modifying them and uh, making them faster and running them off of 20 volt batteries, 20 volt drill batteries. Um, and so uh, my kids have been having a blast with those. I mean, they're fast. Ooh, yeah. Uh, like they, they can move. Um, and so now I'm getting deeper into it and I'm wanting to replace the motors and stuff. I don't know. We'll see. It's, it's pretty fun. Um, we had a big ice storm up here. And so uh, uh, tonight, I got my son out there on one of the uh, four wheelers that I had modified and had him uh, sliding around on the ice. So pretty okay. cool. Pretty fun. Yeah. John, I need you to help me with, uh, with one that we got Luke sometime. Um, we got him for Christmas, a John Deere. It's like kind of like a pickup truck type thing. Yeah. Like the Gator. Yeah. And it's got like a trailer yep. in it and it dumps the trailer dumps. It's really cool. We, had, we got it cheap at a yard sale and then replaced the battery, but we just replaced it with like a battery that's meant for it. 
and our backyard is at a slope and it doesn't quite have enough juice to go up the slope it consistently so i may need your help in in figuring out a way to juice it up so it so it runs oh, a we can bit juice better. it up so i don't want yeah, to be absolutely. too fast because i don't want my son to die no, 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 but no. it won't be it won't be too fast <laughs> i want it to be uh to have enough is it torque is torque the right word torque torque's a good word yeah. torque's a good i want it to have enough torque to uh go up the hill um without us having to help him push it when he's going in an upward direction, which is, which is what happens a lot. It'll like, it'll go some and then it'll kind of stop. Like you can't quite push hard enough. Like you can tell it's meant for flat ground. Yeah. And our, yeah. our yard is no, not this- really sloped, but it's got a slight slope to it. And it's just enough to, to hamper the, uh, the thing from working as, as good as we want it to. So, yeah. So it's pretty easy. It really is pretty easy. Um, and, uh, the battery is not cheap. <laughs> no, it's it's actually cheaper to buy these drill batteries. Oh, okay. Um, maybe the same price. See, I've got three power wheels, really four, because we have a older version of that one that Luke has. Um, okay. But if I buy them in bulk and then just buy like one charger, uh, the runtime is actually better on them too. It'll last like four times. Oh, wow. I wish I'd uh, talked to you before I spent the money on this and be more powerful battery. Yeah, because it was it was not cheap. It was more the battery cost us more than the whole the whole thing did. Hmm. Um, because we got we we got the we got the base of it for like forty bucks or something. They were asking like a hundred or something, and they're like four hundred dollars new or something crazy. Um, I think they were asking a hundred at the yard sale, and we offered them forty, and they were like, "Yeah, that's fine," because <laughs> it needed a battery. You know, um, we didn't know for sure it needed a battery at the time, but we knew there were there were some there was some kind of electrical power problem um and uh we put a new battery and it works great but um but i'll just i'll have to do a video call with you and, and get you to help me figure out how to power it up or maybe you can send me a link of what i need to buy or something and we do it yeah absolutely. So you could ask jacob i mean next time you see him at church too so does has jacob done that <laughs> jacob yeah i mean you know he's an engineer right yeah. Like, so he's the ultimate tinker. He has his own oh, little okay. workshop okay. where, and so he found one of these on the side of the road. It was so oh. destroyed and he had his workshop for a month fixing and repairing it. I think he has an actual car battery in that thing now. Oh. Um, and so, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's fun to watch him drive around with it. I'm like, uh, she's only three. You might want to watch out. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's good to know. I didn't. I didn't know I had two people in my lives that can really help me uh, beef this thing up. So that's that's good to know. Good news. Drew, you have any more news to share? Shared uh, about the Chinese New Year, but is there anything else going on that you want to share besides that? You know this, Cliff. John yeah. probably doesn't, but Breath of the Wild oh, is yeah, yeah, is course. addicting right now. I just got into that game for the first time ever, John. I never really liked any Zelda games. I mean, not they've been okay. They've just not been anything that I would go out of my way to spend my time playing. But this one is is definitely going out of my way, my time, any mm-hmm. spare minute I have in the day I'm playing this game. And yeah, I'm loving it. So it's a blast. Yeah, your your wife doesn't like me very much right now, true. <laughs> uh, but she loves your wife. So it, all, it makes right. it all That's better. Right. That's right. <laughs> makes up for it so um well i've got a you know there's something i meant to share last week and forgot to that i want to just mention i've been watching well i've already i've actually already watched through all of them now 
I've had a new fascination. Um, I don't know if anything will ever come of it, but I have been watching these documentaries, I guess you would call them, um, of Ewan McGregor. Who's obviously, there's Star Wars relation here. So Ewan McGregor and his one of his friends uh, named Charlie that he's been on been in some films with or something. He was in a film and and they hit it really off. They were in a film together and they hit it off. This was before he was ever Obi Wan Kenobi, and uh, developed a friendship in, in in part because they were both into motorcycles and uh, going out and riding on motorcycles. And so uh, Ewan McGregor decided that he's gonna, he was going to do this trip. This was way back in 2007. I, I actually, it may have been before that because the the series was released in 2007 and they got on their motorcycles and rode uh from i think it was from ireland all the way across europe across asia uh they took a flight over to alaska and then went across north america all the way to new york so they basically went from ireland to new york riding east and it was awesome you know, and then a couple of years later, they did it again, and they went from Ireland all the way down through Libya and Egypt and all the way down to uh, South Africa. And then here now, like what, about a decade, maybe over a decade later, they got together again and did a third one. And they called that one Long Way Up. So the first one was Long Way Around, and then it was Long Way Down, and then they did Long Way Up. And Long Way Up was starting at the tip of South America and coming all the way up um, on their bikes uh, to um, Los Angeles. And this time they did electric bikes. Well, bi- biking um, motorcycles are, are something I've never really understood people's attraction to, but after watching them and seeing their passion for it and seeing them do it, it's like, I mean, I don't know if I get it or share that passion, but I understand it a little better now. Um, and it's made me really interested in, in, a, in particular, electric bikes, because that's what they did on their third trip, is they took an electric bike, an electric Harley, uh, on that last trip. So um, so I don't know. I, I probably won't ever do it, but I just thought it would be neat to get a, an electric bike and make that my commute vehicle, where you just plug it in. And uh, I've got about a you know, 35, 40-minute ride to work on some pretty low-traffic roads, nothing that I think would be too dangerous. Um that uh, that it'd be kind of neat to have a bike that I rode where I never paid for gas on my commute again. So I already don't pay a lot for gas because I drive a hybrid vehicle, um, hybrid electric vehicle. So the gas mileage is pretty good on it. But um, but I don't know. Just I just like the idea uh, of of doing that. I don't know if anything will ever come of it. But has either one of y'all ever had any fascination or attraction to motorcycles at all? I mean, I think they're cool, but you know if. If I keep up my power wheels, my fine, we could just take power wheels across. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> power wheels commute to work. That'd be cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm going to share one more thing, actually. And I shared this with you, Drew, the other night. But, John, I, you know how I've always wanted to hike the Appalachian Trail, Pacific Crest Trail, Continental Divide Trail, just long yeah. tra- Florida Trail, and do through hikes on these long trails. But none of it ever really feels that realistic because – with the kids in my life and with there's my job and with, you know, just the way we've constructed our lives basically and, and what our plans for the future are and what Shauna wants really. Um, it's not that realistic that I'm going to do those anytime soon. I found a new trail that's called the Florida circumnavigational saltwater paddling trail. 
and it's something that is is a maintained trail by the uh um you know i don't don't know exactly what department maintain i think it's a national trail but if it's not national trail it's a state trail anyway it's some sort of municipality (laughs) um, of some sort uh maintains this trail and keeps really good free maps and gps coordinates and and um uh all for free available online and it basically goes from the border of um, Alabama and Florida on the ocean, Pensacola, all the way across the panhandle down the West coast to the tip of the keys around up all the way up the East coast to um, uh, the border of Georgia and Florida. So (laughs) circumnavigates (laughs) um, the state of Florida it's about a 1,515 miles. And the thing that's been hard about those long trails for me is that um, it's just such a huge devotion of time and it's far away. And even if I tried to section hike it, it's like, I'd have to travel up there and spend days traveling and uh, it's a lot, but this circumnavigation, I live in central Florida. So this whole trail kind of goes just around me, you know? And I thought maybe I can't do it all at once, but maybe I can just do it section by section at a time. And, I threw the idea out to Shauna the other day, um, kind of expecting that she would be like, eh, I don't know about that. She's actually a lot more supportive of it than I, than I expected her to be. And um, even mentioned that she thinks it might be possible for me to do that, you know, maybe in the next decade uh, with Luke, you know, when he's old enough. So, um, and maybe do it all at once even, you know, and, and I could potentially do that and keep my job because I'd be close enough to home to where I could just zip on the road and go home and do a few appointments with people every now and then. And, and so I don't know, I've got in the back of my head that maybe this is going to be my new trail that I, that I target and plan for and build up to. So um, started looking at kayaks and thinking about getting back into kayaking and I don't know if anything will ever come of it, but, um, but that's a, you know, besides star Wars and video games, <laughs> hiking and kayaking and sort of those outdoors point to point adventures are something that I've always really, really, so that's what's new with me. Cool. All right. And I try to talk Drew into going with me. I don't have a but I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's talk about these episodes. So season five, episodes two, three, four, and five. I don't know if we mentioned that those, that's what we're going to be watching next last week or not. I don't remember, but, um, but uh, first episode starts out Ahsoka, Obi-Wan Anakin and Rex with some of the clones, I think head to uh, the planet Onderon because the, they have basically allied with the separatists and there's some rebels that are resisting that now separatist occupation that the, the government is actually supportive of, but the government is also a government where the King was usurped um, recently prior to that separatist occupation. So it's kind of a little shaky and the, the, you know, the planet as a whole, the people of the planet don't necessarily agree with the occupation, but, but the government technically has an official position where they've made the decision to, you know, so it's, it's like, it's a messy situation for the Jedi to get involved with. So they're sort of secretly going to just train the rebels there to resist um, and trying not to make their presence known. Well, when they arrive, they meet uh, someone named Saul Guerrera, who is a part of that rebellion. 
Lux is also there, which was something they didn't expect. And it turns out this is Lux's home planet. And if you don't remember, Lux was the son of that senator friend of Padme's in a previous episode that there's been a few episodes with him and Ahsoka where there's a little bit of a, you know, romantic tension between them. Um, but he ends up being there. And then we also meet Saul's brother, or excuse me, Saul's sister, Stella, Saul Guerrero's sister, Stella. And um, there is tension between Lux and Saul because they have different approaches. Saul's obviously more the more violent of the two <laughs> between him and Lux. Lux is a little bit more tactical. Saul's a little bit more Saul's a little bit more aggressive. And then Stella and Ahsoka also have some tension, but for a different reason because they both kind of like Lux. Um, so there's a little bit of a love triangle going on between them. Well, into that episode the droids actually assault them after they've been trained a little bit and uh, they survive the droid assault. And then later on in that episode, they go in, in on a covert mission into the city, the capital city. I think it's Izzy's is the name of the city. I Z I Z something like that. And uh, they, they go basically on a mission to get some supplies. So no, it's not, not much more to that first episode than that. In the second episode, we meet, I think for the first time, maybe they're in the first episode as well, I'm not sure, but we meet the the new king, who is the usurper king, and the old king, who the new king is holding prisoner. Um, The new king accuses the old king of inciting the rebels who are attacking, who the Jedi are helping, to their rebellion, Uh, which actually isn't true because he's in prison, but um, Ahsoka is also left alone, so... Obi-Wan and Rex and uh, Anakin, they all leave and go back to report to the Jedi Council. And Ahsoka has to basically just stay there by herself. In that second episode, they attack some power generators. They shut down power to the city. They rally the people to basically attack droid units. And so there's sort of some guerrilla warfare going on where they are taking out the droids. Um, At the end of that episode, Stella is appointed the leader because of... Um, I just heard the way that she's exhibited leadership ability um, throughout that, those, those attacks. And Kalani is also sent to lead the droids. Kalani is a droid general um, who's, I guess, a very, just a very advanced droid general because Dooku is basically disappointed that the usurper king is not effectively quelling this rebellion. So he sends what he calls a more capable general in to do the job. In the third episode, the new king, the usurper king, decides he's going to publicly execute the old king, and the rebels hear about it. So Saul actually goes in by night to rescue the king, and he goes and he infiltrates the facility where the king is, and he's going to get him out, but then he runs into a one-way shield so that he didn't know was there, but he was able to go in. He just wasn't able to come back out once he was in, so he just ends up getting himself captured as well. Um, on the day of the execution, though, the rebels do attack and they are able to stop the execution, but then they are surrounded by droids and captured and then they resume the execution. So um, before they actually execute the uh, the old king, the general of the Onderon army turns and basically says, no, I'm not going to support this new king. I've had enough. I'm sick of it. Um, and he sets the the old king free and they run off ahsoka actually steps in and helps as well and exposes the fact that she is there as a jedi assisting them um and uh and they're successful they get they all get away go back into hiding 
episode four of this arc. Um, they're trying to decide what to do next. The rebels are Saul says they should go and attack the city. Stella says, no, we shouldn't attack the city. There will be too many lives lost and makes the decision as the de facto leader of the rebellion to draw everyone out of the city to draw, not everyone, all the droids out of the city to fight, to try to minimize Onderon casualties. Um, the, uh, the general of the Onderon army is very impressed by this and sort of does an official appointment of her as the general of the whole assault, um, the, the leader of the whole assault. And before they leave, she goes and plants a great big kiss on Lux with Ahsoka looking on um, and says, it's just in case, just in case something happens. Well, instead of Jedi backup, Ahsoka basically contacts them, lets, let the, the Jedi, lets them know what's going on. And they're worried that Dooku's going to send in the forces because, you know, now they know the Jedi are involved and it's kind of like, you know, there's some personal stakes and they've made it a bigger deal than it would be if it were just a little rebellion attacking the droid army. Um, they've got the full funding of the, <laughs> the uh, um, uh, separatist, you know, alliance behind them. And there's these big droid airships that are super powerful that, that are just taking rebels out like crazy that they can't do anything. They can't touch them. They can't do anything about them. Um, the Jedi want to support, but they know that further support will expose them as interfering in a way that really would be inappropriate for them to interfere. And so instead of sending their own people, they hire none other than Hondo to do their dirty work for them. Hondo delivers some rocket launchers. They take out the gunships with the rocket launchers so it all works. Um, but during one of the explosions in all of that, Stella gets knocked over a cliff and is just hanging on the edge. Well, Lux goes in to save her, but then Lux falls down too. And then Asuka, Ahsoka goes in to save him and she pulls Lux up with the force. But before she can get to Stella, Stella falls to her death. At the end of the episode, Lux is made a senator of Onderon and he intends to ally them with the rebellion. The separatists um, before that actually are, are, uh, they basically give up and say, ah, this planet isn't worth it. Let's evacuate. And so Onderon is liberated um, and uh, Stella is dead. All right. What do you guys think? Drew, what do you think of this art? <laughs> I have no idea if I'm going to be an island unto myself here tonight. So we're just <laughs> going to go out on a limb here. Go for it. Your rendition of that arc was more enjoyable to me than the arc. Wow. Okay. Um, All right. And, and I honestly, agree. I was, I was, I'm glad to hear that, John, because I'm actually like, they're going to hate me for this, but it's, I watched it and, and I don't know why, I don't know how to explain it. I was so bored watching hmm. it and the way you describe it, it sounds like such a good formula. Mm, Everything, mm -hmm. it sounds like it should be so good, but I was just bored. Like mm. it, was, it was a hassle to get through an episode. I'd watch it and I don't, you know, the first episode, the pace was just so slow. Like here's how you slowly roll the grenade and we're going to spend five mm, minutes on mm -hmm, slowly. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, gosh, can this go any better? Yeah, um, but that was good though, right? Because that slow roll of the grenade actually explained some things about that droid shield that we've talked about on this podcast before and wondered about, right? It did. It's all about it the velocity of what enters it as to whether the shield is effective. So it, They could have uh, shortened that about your synopsis again, yeah. though, and, uh, <laughs> and been on, on, on to the next point. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. They did. They did spend some time. There was like a whole montage of them, just for like two or three minutes, just attempting to roll the grenades in at the right speed. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what else? So I agree. I agree. Okay. Um, but there were a few things I liked, even though I did not enjoy really watching this one. It was I, I was like, after I watched the third one, I was like, oh, there's another episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I suffered through it. Uh, I like that we met Saul Guerrero. Yeah. That's yeah. Because, big time. I love that. Because he is, uh, he comes up later. Um, in uh, Rogue One. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, it's Rogue One. It's Rogue One. Yeah, and Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, okay, well, I haven't played video that. Game. Yeah, but I haven't either. Uh, Drew I, has. I've seen I have heard he's in some other, yeah, in some other things as well. Um, so, a pretty pivotal character later on. You know, I always sure. like that. And I thought the guillotine was cool. Um, yeah. Okay. But it's just like a... Yeah. Um, I really wanted to see... Somebody, even if it was a droid, like, right. lose yeah, their head yeah. in the guillotine. Yeah, no, that would have been good. Yeah. That would have been a good way to have one of the droids die. They should have done that. Missed yeah. opportunity. I, I mean, it looked really intimidating, honestly. When I first saw that, I was like, oh, wow. Like, I know we've talked about how Clone Wars isn't that kid-friendly sometimes, and we're about to see it go down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, you know, that was the – and the gunships were they, – they were neat. I was glad to see those. Um it kind of reminded me a little bit of Terminator, if I'm if I'm really honest. I was like, I feel like I've seen this in Terminator before. <laughs> that sort of design that they had, and you know, I'm I'm guessing Terminator came first. I don't know. So, mm. you know, so there was, I mean, I thought there was a lot of cool things to it. Um, to that point, it just it just seemed like it dragged to me. I thought it was kind of neat that it showed, and and I don't know that it was new information really, but it kind of showed that. The, the Jedi Council was really hesitant to do anything about the problem on Onderon because the currently ruling government had willingly allied themselves with the Separatists. So this wasn't like the Separatists coming in and oppressing people against their will, even though it really was. Because what the Separatists had done is basically gotten this guy to usurp the throne. Um, but they did it on on sort of Onderon terms initially before they stepped in and had an official allegiance come. So even though it was a usurper king, it was still the current ruler of the planet. And so it was like, well, yeah, but like we can't, if somebody wants to willingly ally with the separatists, you know, there's nothing we can do about that. That's not a problem. People are free to do what they want. Planets are free to rule themselves the way they want to rule themselves. Um, but they still felt like they needed to step in because obviously, um, there was a rebellion that was happening and the people didn't support it. And so they felt like that government was being oppressive, whatever. I also thought it was neat. They were called rebels there. Have we heard that term used yet? So this is the, this is a new concept. Um, it's been the Republic versus the separatists, but it's not really until the trilogy, right? like the original trilogy that we get a talk of the rebels, but here we have the rebels. So this may be the first mention of the rebels. Well, it's, it's cause they were rebelling from that established government. Sure. On that planet. Yeah. So maybe so they, it's were, just a- they were the rebels. They were rebelling against that government. And again, that's another reason, like, you know, the Jedi order probably hesitant. They're, they're rebels. You know, that's not right. a, normally a good term. 
Um, if you're rebelling, uh, if you're storming the palace or, or whatnot, um, sure. it's, it's not a good thing the way most people think of it. Yeah. Or storming the, Never mind. <laughs> I was just going to, yeah. <laughs> right. Hey, why do we try to stay politically correct on this podcast? I don't think it would bother our four listeners if we were, if we were too politically incorrect, right? So. I don't know. We might get in a fight. <laughs> ourselves oh man i don't know it was kind of fun though to see um ahsoka take out the competition accidentally so oh yeah no it was an accident (laughs) i actually was really hopeful that um this this would be the way ahsoka moves on from us (laughs) because i don't really like that Really? No, no, that's not my favorite. I don't know. I don't mind it. That's. I, uh, I didn't. I did not like it in this because it just seemed very un-Jedi like. Like the glaring, like the oh, she likes him. And yeah. Her, you know, like hmm, let's let's focus here. Um, and then yeah, but you, you know, gotta remember, was, Ahsoka's pretty young, right? Is Ahsoka a teenager right. still at this point? Yeah, probably. I'm pretty sure she is. I think she's. I think at the start. Yeah, I feel like it's like 14 to 17 throughout the 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 arc. So she's probably like 16 or something at this point, I would imagine. So, but it's clear she's having a hard time controlling her emotions because even yeah, but I mean, come on, what 16 year old? What 16 year old doesn't have a hard time? Jedi or not? (laughs) I mean, I was just pointing the irony that Anakin's one like mind your emotions, Ahsoka. Yeah, it's like hypocrite, you know. Yeah, Anakin, your emotions like killed half the galaxy. So. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, and, and we do get a cool line from Anakin. Did y'all catch it? He says, impressive. Most impressive. <laughs> At one point, I forget about what, but I was just like, yeah, that's right. I think it was you the know? grenade. It was, uh, it was sometime around <laughs> the grenade. <laughs> the slow oh. grenades. Like, uh, maybe I'll slip through that line. <laughs> <laughs> um what else i uh yeah i really liked saul i actually didn't know that saul was even in the clone wars i thought that our first introduction to saul in star wars canon was rebels until i saw this episode and i saw him in this episode i I didn't know saul i mean he was in fallen order but fallen order came out after rogue one so it was like they were using him from rogue one is what i thought but i didn't realize he was a character this deeply established in star wars lore um, I loved that that part of it, and I liked his demeanor and his attitude, and it made sense that Saul became who he was based on where this guy started, and to some extent because of his aggressiveness and his recklessness and um, his uh, desire to get the job done no matter what, right? Rather than trying to do it the right way or a strategic way or a proper way, it was just you know much rougher around the edges. Yeah, I kept hoping somebody would lie to him. And so he'd be like, Bogolid! Bogolid! <laughs> <laughs> see, now I, I hope we see a Borgolit somewhere. I, I think right. that was just yeah. a J.J. Abrams creed. Um, I think so. But, <laughs> but it'd be great to see a Borgolit somewhere in the Clone Wars at some point. Yeah. So. <laughs> and I mean, you're right. It was neat to see how he got his reputation. And really, it did make me a little more intrigued to know how he got to where he is um 
you know, just sort of from the beginning, we see the very beginning, I guess, to my knowledge, this is the first encounter of Saul anywhere in the Clone War or anywhere in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. yeah. And then we at least new canon for sure, because this is the oldest new canon material. Um, Remember the movies and this were it when the when the the uh, canon was reset in 2014. So I don't know, it may have been something else really minor, but but that's pretty much it. Um, so yeah, this is definitely the first, the earliest introduction of Saul Guerrera in the official canon. So yeah, then we see his death in Rogue One. So it's just like, okay, well, you know, you did a good job of setting the foundation for the character because you know people liked him, and um, yeah. you know, so it, that was cool to kind of see that part as well. Yeah, it makes me think it would be neat. Um, wonder what the perspective is like for somebody who is really into the Clone Wars watching Rogue One, right? how cool it would be to see this, this random little character from the clone wars pop in and be like, Oh, it's so Guerrero. Look what he's become. This is so like, what a cool added element onto rogue one. And we already have talked about how much we love rogue one, but that just makes it even better in my mind. So, mm-hmm. so accentuates the the movie for sure. That's about all I have to say about it. Y'all have anything else you want to, you know, expand upon, expound upon here. I just, one other thing I no. didn't, uh, you know, I thought of is, it was interesting to me how the, the general droid, the tactics droid, executed the king at the end. Did y'all catch that? No. Like the don't remember. The, their puppet king? Yeah. Like he shot and killed him. He's like, okay, you know, you're we're done with this plan. And then he shot and killed him. Oh, like, I didn't I I didn't even remember that. Yeah. I was like, what? the separatists. That's that's pretty brutal. I mean, that's Dooku, and we're coming to expect that more and more. Sure, of course. Um, but I don't know. Even for them, I thought that was like a little much. But yeah, I guess I'll say that. this too: the, the word terrorist was thrown out a lot in this episode, and I thought that was interesting. Um, and it makes sense. They were they were a little band of rebels that was basically attacking the official you know, the official sanctioned armies. And I know it was from a usurper King, but, but, uh, but they called them, they called these acts of terrorism. And if if you'll remember, even the Jedi council was really hesitant to send in troops because they felt like it would look like um, they were supporting terrorism. Um, And I don't know if y'all remember, but in that interaction, there were two individuals who were very supportive of it. It was Mace Windu and Anakin Skywalker. The rest of the Jedi Council, in particular, Yoda and I think Obi-Wan, they were really hesitant, like, no, 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 no. We can't, we can't, we can't go support terrorism, you know. Um, but then Mace was like, well, mm, maybe we need to, you know. <laughs> and Anakin was like, yeah, I think in this case, this is okay. So they didn't really deny that it was terrorism, you know. But um, uh, they were definitely in favor of that questionable tactic of supporting these rebellion forces in a planet that they really had no business being involved in at that point. So, um, uh, but the fact that it was Mace was interesting to me because Mace is a conflicted character morally, um, in the, in the prequel movies. And so it was, it was interesting to me to see him side with Anakin there. Yeah. That's well, pretty that, rare that they agree. That's a good point the whole Obi-Wan not supporting it because uh, as far as I know, Obi-Wan never really supported the, uh, the rebel Alliance. Um, oh, fighting the uh, Empire. 
Okay. Uh, I mean, he went with Luke on a uh, on the Millennium Falcon, which got sucked into the Death Star. Right. Um, but it's not like we ever know of him supporting the Rebels. You're right. Uh, now, we may Luke later. Sure did, again, obviously. I haven't seen Star Wars Rebels. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> True. Uh, but you don't really see that in the uh, in the movies, at least. He's yeah, uh, you yeah. know hiding out, watching after Luke, not joining the fight, going after Vader. So. That's a great point. You're right. And I've never thought about the fact that Obi Wan never allied with the Rebels. He just sort of fell into it. Um, and the only reason he was on the Death Star. <laughs> trying to shut things down so they could get away right he wasn't trying to mess up the death star he was just trying to leave um but now where was he taking luke oh he was just taking luke to help leia right and leia was on the death star yeah to just because uh r2 brought in the message that she needed help right so he was trying to go help her but he wasn't necessarily supporting the rebellion he wasn't yeah, right. like, he's a great warrior just he's just hiding out on tatooine he's not supporting the rebels he's just hiding on tatooine so, yeah huh great point all right y'all ready to rank let's hear it john all right i am uh as as much as i was ready over so uh hang on you're you're breaking up a little bit right can you hear me now can hear you yeah you can okay yeah so uh my my phone's got like two percent battery so okay okay hurry up in case you get cut off (laughs) (laughs) so the uh even though, uh, even though I was ready for it to be over, yeah, I'm um, I'm good at a two. I'm uh, not a two, a five, uh, because okay. of the the introduction of Saul, um, okay. and I liked the guillotine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Drew, <laughs> I, I'm giving it a five too. It's one of those. If someone wanted to watch it, I'd watch it with them again. But I'm not of my free will going to watch it by myself again. <laughs> okay, All right. I'm going seven. I liked it. I liked it more than y'all sounds like uh, I agree that it was a little boring at times, but um, I think maybe the fascination with Saul, I felt like it was solid. I didn't, there was nothing in it. that was just like cringy, cringy to me, really. It was not the most exciting arc, but it did introduce some interesting elements to me and um, had some interesting connection to other media. Um, yeah, no, that wasn't, I, I expected a little more from season five starting out, but I was not disappointed. So, um, so seven for me. All right, Drew, what's, what's up for next week? So next week we have the young Jedi <laughs> arc. Hopefully next week. Yeah. Uh, the young Jedi arc. So episode 506, the gathering 507, a test of strength 508 bound for rescue and 509, a necessary bond. All right. Sounds good. Hey, one more fact. Okay. All right. So you you were talking about Obi Wan. Uh, actually, you and McGregor, not Obi Wan, but yeah, um, biking. I saw a thing recently uh, that his brother is a, a pilot in the Royal Air Force. Oh, okay. Um, and his his call sign is OB two. <laughs> Ooh, I love be, you know, that. like Goose Maverick OB two. Yes, that's perfect. And I'll tell you one thing I loved about that, those documentaries. So the first one was released right after he had, he had filmed the first Star Wars movie that he was in and he's eating it up. He loves it. (laughs) He quotes Obi-Wan Kenobi a few times throughout. 
his adventure. Um, kids recognize him and he just loves it. He takes pictures with fans at times. And it's just like, he just, it's one of the things I just really, it made me really like Ewan McGregor. Cause some people, it's like uh, what Chris Hemsworth, like he's done being Captain America, you know, Ewan McGregor just loves his role as Obi-Wan and he doesn't regret it. He doesn't feel ashamed of it. He's just, that's, that's, that's something he's passionate about even still, because he's about to record a Disney plus series about it. And as I just really appreciated that, it it was fun to see that he is obviously a fan of himself (laughs) in his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi and a fan of star Wars in general, uh, because he played it up some, um, throughout that that series and so it just made me like him more as an actor and like him in that role a lot and actually made me really excited about the disney plus tv series coming up so yeah all right appreciate you guys i'll talk to you later and to our listeners um yeah if you want to contact us you can email us at star wars brothers podcast at gmail.com uh that's probably the only way to contact us um because I don't, I don't know that I really checked the Facebook page <laughs> enough to see your messages there. I think I would get a notification about it. Just email us if you want to be read. Uh, want us to read that email on the show? We probably will because we get pretty excited. I get pretty excited when I get a listener <laughs> email. So, um, but uh, either way, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.